2: Great to have you here again with us this week where we're going to get into the topic of speaking clubs in achieving fluency and we're going to meet our guest Carollo who's going to talk to us a little bit about how he started speaking clubs, why he values them and how speaking clubs actually helped him on his journey to become a teacher. So it's actually kind of a really lovely full circle interview that we're going to have today with Carollo and also we're going to find out a little bit more about how you can incorporate these um, speaking Clubs, how you can get people in your groups talking more, how you can get your students to talk more, and how you might even do this in an online setting as well. So we'll get into all of that in just a little bit. So just a little housekeeping before we get into today's interview. First things first, please, if you haven't subscribed already, please do subscribe for new episodes every Wednesday. Um, Our audience is building really well now. We are into five figures of downloads um, every month, which is amazing. So if you can keep supporting us by subscribing, it really helps us a lot. And you can also leave a five-star review if you wish, just to help again with our Exposure to build our audience even further. And if you do want to check back on our previous episodes, they are all there in your podcast um, of choice, the podcast provider of choice, if that's Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can also go online to esl-talk.com as well, where you can find all our previous episodes. And on our YouTube page as well. So if you prefer a visual and you just like it on in the background like a lot of listeners say they do, then you can get all of those on YouTube as well. So lots of different ways for you to enjoy all of our episodes from the last few years. um, 75 plus and counting from the first six and a half seasons of ESL Talk. Wow, incredible. Alright, and let's just remind you of our sponsor which is esl-curriculum.com. That is perfect if you're an online English teacher and you're looking for materials, resources, lessons, games things you would like to do uh, with students and you don't have the time to prepare or get ready. So just go to the website esl-curriculum.com, sign up for your free two-week trial, enjoy all the materials and everything that is on there, if it's not for you that's absolutely fine no problem at all, but if you do find you enjoy it you can get started from just a few bucks a month, save yourself a lot of time in preparation and planning, and have access to really high quality resources and materials covering all different aspects of English teaching from children's lessons to writing to speaking to IELTS to business English it is all there for you with our sponsor esl-curriculum.com. So let's get into today's interview with our special guest Carollo who's gonna share with us his experience of speaking clubs, how they helped him to achieve fluency and how he now uses them with his own students to help them achieve fluency too. Alrighty, Welcome, Carillo. Welcome to the podcast this
1: week. It's great to have you with us. Hello, Daniel. I'm really glad to be here today.
2: Yeah, I am too. And we're going to talk about this topic a little bit more about speaking clubs and how it helps to achieve fluency. Um, but before we get into that um, in more depth, Carillo, can you share a little bit about your personal journey of achieving fluency in English as a non-native speaker? And and how did speaking clubs maybe help you with this?
1: Yeah, so I started learning English in the second grade. Um uh as most of the people in Ukraine do. Um, And since then, like till uh, the fifth grade, I've been learning all that grammar stuff, uh, words and kind of felt like more like a game. I wasn't uh, that much into understanding um, certain particular points about when to use what and stuff like that. It was just usually Mm -hmm. more of, you know, like putting things together um, and it kind of works. You get good grade and here you go. Uh, but then in uh, 2012, uh, Peace Corps volunteers from uh, the United States came to my city, which is Malatopol. Uh They started a speaking club uh, in our local library, and uh, since then we really had a nice way of practicing our English. Uh, mm-hmm. My mom, who is also an English teacher, um, even though a lot of people say that I learned English because of my mom, uh, I definitely can say that she she helped me a lot, but it's not like totally uh, about her. She uh, said that it's a good opportunity for me to practice my speaking, and she mm-hmm. brought me there. After the first session, I was uh, boiling hot, and extremely red. I was um, kind of ashamed, I know, very shy, and uh, it felt like torture. Because uh, it was really hard to speak and uh, convey my point. Even though I told a uh, story that I prepared ahead of time at school about myself. Um, mm-hmm. But it still was pretty stressful. And then in, okay. uh, yeah, so, and then in uh, 2014, when uh, Russia occupied uh, Crimea and uh, eastern part of Ukraine, uh, volunteers had to leave because it was too close to the front lines and stuff like that. Um, and, um, basically since then, uh, we had our own speaking club without volunteers, uh, which was still pretty cool. Uh, and it helped me for sure to, uh, improve my English to the point that I could participate in FLEX program, which is future leaders exchange program, uh, s- organized by, uh, American consuls for international education. And, uh, in 2018, I went to the United States. Uh, to study there in American high school uh, yep. for one academic year and uh, yeah basically um, speaking clubs made a very big deal for for me going to uh, the United States as a result Absolutely. and uh, yeah which was quite surprising I couldn't believe that yeah. such opportunity was uh, given to me and uh, yeah it was it was pretty cool
2: wow thank you for sharing that it's um it's really it's really nice to hear that something so small this small seed of just a, a speaking club exactly. played a huge role in your life and actually you know defined a lot of things that are going on for you and your career and and your life in general so okay we, we've obviously talked about the motivation of, of why you wanted to do it because of your own experiences but how have you found that they've benefited your students and participants what differences have you seen since you started these speaking clubs
1: so yeah um for sure speaking clubs are pretty important for um basically improving speaking and uh mm-hmm. you know after using it uh for myself as a, as a tool for my personal language learning path i realized that it's so powerful that uh, like everyone should benefit from that uh, again like from uh the, the very beginning you feel like extremely stressed uh your body is just uh, going crazy a little bit heart rate and stuff like that but after a couple of times you feel way calmer and uh, you get used to the way of uh, articulating your mouth and mm-hmm. um, the the people around you also hearing you speaking in a different language um, mm-hmm. it's all I think very important um, and basically um, that that was the reason for me to start like the the extreme um, value of that of of that type of uh, activity that I experienced myself, um, mm-hmm. and for sure it um, I, I I can say that I have proofs of uh, many students that it actually works and that they feel more uh, comfortable and uh, relaxed when they speak it in different yeah. language, yeah.
2: Yeah, because you're creating that informal environment, that kind of casual setting where it it feels more relaxed. And you're right. Like initially, um, students or participants will be very shy. They don't want to make mistakes. They don't want to seem like they're doing something wrong. But actually, like Mm -hmm. you said, once they get comfortable and they get in that environment and it becomes a friendly, encouraging environment, then they can make more mistakes. And that's how they learn I like what you mentioned about the looking at how people make sounds and how they use their mouth. That's a really mm-hmm. undervalued aspect of pronunciation because Absolutely. a lot of students that that I talk to say, well, how do I sound more natural? Or how do I sound more confident? Well, it's it's how you phonetically make the sounds with your mouth. So I'm really glad that you that you covered that because it's a really key point. Now, again, we've talked about kind of, you know, environment the informality of it the the context of it so how can we use speaking clubs to enhance um, language skills beyond maybe traditional classroom settings you know we've we've got some some elements in terms of the environment but what are some specific skills that we could we could improve and enhance through um, speaking clubs So,
1: for sure uh, i can say that um, speaking in uh, uncomfortable situations because Mm -hmm. again uh, at the very beginning you you feel um, uncomfortable indeed. Also describing thoughts um, in a way that people understand you, which is um, sometimes quite easy in native language, although some people still struggle with uh, expressing their thoughts um, in their native language too, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you, you should be pretty um, clear with your explanations in a foreign language 100%. Uh, then the next thing I can mention is uh, proven an opinion. Mm-hmm. I usually share um, my screen when I when I run speaking clubs with all the questions. And after each question, I have a a slide that includes uh, the question, the sub questions that, that people can answer, an extra question if they finish uh, up early in in their uh, breakout room. And then I also have a bunch of different phrases that uh, they can use for. Uh, agreeing with people or disagreeing and then um, to just state an opinion and this way they also learn certain uh Lincoln words right like for example however mm-hmm. uh, although stuff like that which is extremely important when you write an essay or even an email to someone and in uh, just colloquial English you, you also use such things even though um, it is thought uh, to be like uh, more of upper level um, words, they're still very, very important. And as filler words, they just like um, really settle in very well. And as yes. a last thing is uh, using patterns. Um, right. Like ex- when you explain certain things, you just connect um, your, your thought to a certain state of uh, um, the object, right? The time um, in English, we have like a bunch of tenses, for Ukrainian speakers, it's kind of crazy because we have only three. Um, and um, like when you use them uh, like enough times, you actually create those connections and they become a pattern for you. So you're no mm-hmm. longer thinking for too long to get an answer or just prove your point. So that's, uh, yeah, that's, there are still a bunch of things to list, but these are probably the top ones.
2: Yes. Yes. The, the idea that you covered about strategies kind of giving, you know, not necessarily a formula, but ways to navigate certain yep. different challenges in English so that, you know, you don't have to use the most advanced vocabulary. You don't have to use the most advanced structures, but can I navigate these problems, these challenges and, and build those strategies so that I can, instead of saying, I agree. Well, how can you develop that? How can you say more Absolutely. so that we go beyond just the basic, simple and patterns that we've learned and I I like those um, different skills as well um, because you might not necessarily get the opportunity to practice that in a classroom setting especially when it's one teacher and maybe 30 or 40 students so I think this closed closer more um, open um, environment is much more beneficial for sure Um, okay so you know for our listeners we do have a lot of, of online English teachers and they want to try to get their students to speak more and maybe have this element of a speaking club or a speaking class um, what advice do you have for them about how they can incorporate this into their teaching methods how would they go about it
1: so uh, what i usually do is um, running my classes completely in a foreign language um, mm-hmm. i not only teach english i also teach uh, turkish and uh, recently i started teaching ukrainian as well so uh, basically i try to uh, surround student with the, the language, um, mm-hmm. which sometimes can be difficult for a teacher and a student who mm-hmm. share the native language, right? So they sometimes start to uh, speak in their native language at the very beginning by just sharing some news or things like that. I never allow that by just simply uh, even texting my students um, in, in English um, between the lessons um that is very powerful because they understand that oh this person only speaks the language i'm learning um right. and uh, i should just i should uh, keep up um i cannot express my thoughts in a different language because they kind of um connect you with the language you're learning and you become basically the the, the face of the language uh right. yeah um other than that definitely incorporating um some uh questions that include question words which mm-hmm. is my favorite i mm-hmm. almost never ask uh yes or no questions because it's too easy for a student to just be uh lazy or or shy you know just mm-hmm. say no i don't do that or uh yes i like it and that's uh that's maybe the the two key things that i do um almost every lesson also making sure that the student speaks 80 percent of the time or um, at least they they try to do that. yeah, like at least they try to speak most of the time of the lesson. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I think these these are the the key things for me.
2: I like that it it can be very tempting to to switch to the first language that you have in common and that creates a bit of a distortion because what you're encouraging, even though it's not intentional, you don't want to is okay, switch from one first language to second language or just doing, literal translations well then we lose things with grammar we lose things with coherence we lose things with fluency as well so it can be really really difficult um but i I like that approach and i think it's really powerful to use it as much as you can in as many situations as possible because if i'm not doing something consciously and i'm not doing something deliberately and and often then how am i going to consistently improve it's going to be very very difficult to do that so great advice there corolla um how can teachers Create a supportive and engaging environment in speaking clubs to to boost confidence. Because you've mentioned you have shy, shy students, you have students who, you know, they just say yes, no, I agree. Um, how do we kind of build this this environment so that everyone can have opportunities, everyone can feel valued, everyone can feel equal? It, it's difficult. So, what would you what would you suggest?
1: Yeah, so um, that's what you see right now. I'm smiling mm-hmm. all the time. Uh, <laughs> that's what I do in my classroom. Um, I don't know. Why and how it came to me, but um, after visiting the United States, I just uh, started smiling more uh, mm-hmm. as, as a daily reminder that life is, is good. Actually, I'm alive, and even though right now my country is in a uh, terrible situation of war, I understand that uh, I'm still alive and I survived uh, through the hard times. And it's an it's, uh, important reminder for my students to be happy about learning language, right? So uh, a smile is an uh, important key to making a friendly uh, atmosphere inside of the classroom, yeah, even though uh, it's an online classroom for me usually. Mm-hmm. Um, and the next thing is um, fixing mistakes, which is um, maybe the, the, the worst thing um, we can do to a shy person to fix their mistakes, say, no, you're not right. This is incorrect uh, or stuff like that. Even saying the word mistake, I usually try to avoid it. And uh, I usually say, uh, let's um, fix that and um, try to make it a little bit better. Let's improve nope. the sentence. Um, I never uh, fix mistakes during the time of the lesson. Yeah. So when mm-hmm. they actually make the mistake, I uh, keep track of uh, all of the um the imperfections, let's say it this way, yeah, again, mm-hmm. one more uh, euphemism for that, and um, I write them down, uh, and then at the very end, I dedicate 10 minutes or 15 minutes, depending on the amount of uh, notes I have, to mm-hmm. um, sharing more vocabulary with them that they could have used, and I heard that they're struggling with um, like finding the actual word that they are looking for, and then in addition to that, uh, using um, more advanced phrases maybe uh, improving the grammar in certain sentences so what I like to do is to write a sentence and ask them to find what is what can be changed there what can be improved and they um, sometimes find what is incorrect basically yeah um, mm-hmm. but sometimes they don't so in this case I just share the the actual yeah like uh, answer to the question yeah, like what's What's wrong here we should just remove that and add this and uh, this way they can um, use their brain even more than just me sh- saying no this is this is not right this is the actual answer yeah when they speak and which makes them really upset about um, how well they speak and uh, makes them question themselves even more um, mm-hmm. so this way i kind of mm-hmm. prevent prevent that
2: yeah absolutely i think again People don't think sometimes to smile, they're having busy days, they're having things going on. That goes a really long way. Just if you you need to model the behavior that you want to see in your class. So by being positive and, and proactive and, and smiling, something so small can make a huge difference. And I like what you said about error correction. Instead of actually saying that's wrong, that's a mistake, no, don't say that, we're actually, sh- we should be modeling the correct answer. So we might just rephrase it correctly, or we might say that mm-hmm. that was that was that was good, this was good, this was good. This was good. Let's make it even better by ABC. So we can Absolutely. we can do those things and model those. And I like the, the dedicated focus time. I do this as well. I'll, I'll pick out, I won't pick out all the errors if there's a lot, maybe five or six or the most um, urgent ones. And I'll say, mm-hmm. okay, let's look at these together. Okay, this is a common error with articles. So why don't we connect this to a task on articles that we're going to do for homework or tense seems to be an issue, past tense. Why don't we try for telling a story and let's press, so you can definitely connect it a lot more um, intelligently than just saying, like you said, no, that's wrong. Don't say this. And we know as well, Corello on social media all the time, don't say A, say B. Well, it's not really the most positive way to to help, you know, deliver and reinforce positive um, modeling or, or speech patterns. Um, but that was that was really really useful. Thank you for sharing that. So let me move on and let me ask you about your experiences as a teacher because it sounds like you've had some really wonderful breakthroughs and some really valuable um you know positive you know results so could you share any memorable moments from your experiences as a teacher what are some things that stand out for you so far
1: well absolutely um as since i uh, started teaching three years ago i mm-hmm. uh, i'm actually surprised that in a such a short period of time i've got uh interesting memorable moments that uh stood out for me um mm-hmm. an example of my student um uh, like one of the first students who um whom I actually had to stop working with for a certain period of time, uh, had like too much stuff going on in school. Um, he's not like an, um, he's not an adult, like about 13 years old. Um, at the time, he was 10. And um, when we started with him, it was really challenging uh, for this guy to just understand what I'm trying to explain to him, um, especially in uh, terms of grammar. Right, because mm-hmm. I'm, I was trying to just like give a really um, easy explanation with a lot of examples and uh, trying to be as, as trying to, co- to show it as uh, simply as possible. But still there were uh, a lot of um, misunderstandings and stuff like that. Um, well, uh, a couple of uh, months ago, we started working again and uh, I was just amazed by how uh, well he started speaking um, Mm -hmm. after like a long uh, period of time because I found those recordings we had with him. I tried to explain things really easily and uh, try to show things with uh, simple examples, but still sometimes it was quite hard for him. Um, And uh, after uh, maybe half a year of not working with him, We met again, um, basically like one and a half years ago. And then um, this summer, um, I found the recordings of him speaking, uh, the first lessons. And I, well, right now I have this uh, uh, shiver on my hands. And uh, it's like, uh, I understood that he improved so much, even though I did Mm -hmm. not notice that uh, because of the process. Yeah, we were going through really long amount uh, um, classes and uh, so I was surprised by how much he improved uh, over the course of uh, one and a half years and uh, how cool it is to see uh, the beginning of your work and then the result, well, I mean, the temporal result, right, right, the the result we have right now um, and to have this perspective uh, and to be able to compare um that, these two points so mm-hmm. i think that this might be the most memorable part that i have so far uh, mm-hmm. maybe the most the most successful example of uh how how far uh we can go with uh, as as teachers yeah like and how important it is to have this feedback
2: Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. Um zooming out, like I've had this many times where students have stopped learning for the summer or they took a break or they had other things going on in their lives. And when when you zoom out and they zoom out for a little bit and they realize, wow, this is actually really helping me. And you see that progress, it's huge and it's life changing and it's it's really encouraging for us um as teachers as well. Um I want to talk to you about resources and tools now. So once you're actually conducting and you're in these these settings of these um, you know, these these groups and the language of the speaking clubs. Um, what are some resources and tools that we can use to effectively manage and facilitate them virtually? Uh, you've mentioned already you kind of, you know, have tools for presenting, but what do you use specifically to help you?
1: So um, the, the main tool is Zoom. Um, mm-hmm. I just I just love Zoom. Uh, its breakout rooms are really helpful when uh, I run yeah. speaking clubs because having too many pe- people in the same um Meeting might lead to a uh, lack of time for each per- person to uh, express their thought. Um, but with the, um, these uh, breakout rooms, it's just wonderful. Then again, um, I use Jamboard um, mm-hmm. if the whiteboard in Zoom is not available uh, or for some exercises um, that... Uh, in home, home exercises or home tasks that include, uh, I don't just writing on the board. It's more fun than just like writing in a Word document. Um, But as far as I'm concerned, Google is closing that. So uh, Miro can be um, a replacement as far as I understand. I haven't tried it yet, but I definitely should be uh, quick with uh, adjusting to a new tool. Uh, Talking about speaking clubs, I definitely recommend using um, websites with a bunch of uh, Topics and questions to them. Um, for example, uh, iteslg.org um, is a nice website that I use. Uh, it has like bunch of uh, bunch of topics and you you're basically endless um, endless resource for for speaking clubs. Then um, also um, a website with. Uh, um, breaking news English ESL materials, yes. uh, it has uh, it has really cool opportunity of uh, having the same news in different levels um, of yes. um, English proficiency. And what I like to do with that is just like uh, taking out the words and then asking a student to fit them in into the places they belong to, uh, which is sometimes challenging, like um, they Ask me like what's the actual like answer to that because it's like a really close but still i try to make it possible to solve because otherwise it's just mm-hmm. <laughs> doesn't make any sense right and then right. uh yeah like british consoles as well um have mm-hmm. like a bunch of resources uh for any type of uh any type of uh class like speaking club or just regular lesson um, so yeah mm-hmm. like basically these are maybe the top ones um for pronunciation I, I usually use uh my my own created uh lessons because there are not too many resources out there but it's pronunciation mm-hmm. is a completely different thing so I'm not gonna even like uh <laughs> scratch the surface on the, on this topic it's just like endless that's
2: uh, that's great there's a lot of really practical and, and simple uh, tools and again just you know we don't need to reinvent the wheel and create all these new things we just need to make sure we use the tools we have as as well as we can so um that's perfect thank you so much for sharing all of your knowledge and experience on this topic um i think speaking clubs are a really powerful tool to help our students speak more and, and build their confidence um how can our listeners connect with you and, and maybe find out more about what you do Corella?
1: yeah so um you can find me on uh on Instagram. Uh, so I'm Jedi uh, to underscores and then K um, and then, yeah, I like Star Wars. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's pretty cool. And then I have a TikTok account, uh, which is in Ukrainian about Turkish, but still uh, learn with DZ uh, as in Turkish uh, TV shows and then .ua. Yeah. And uh, it's Perfect. the nickname for, for the TikTok account and Instagram account. Yeah. So that's it. pretty much it.
2: That's great. I will add those links below the description for this episode so our listeners can find them there. And thank you so much for taking time to talk to us today about this topic, Corello. It's great to meet you.
1: Thank you very much, Daniel. Have a great day.
2: All right, so that was our guest Carollo talking about the power of speaking clubs in achieving fluency. So before we wrap up for another episode this week, just a reminder to give us a follow on Instagram. If you're not already following us, you can just do that at ESL Talk Podcast. You can see all our upcoming episodes, our previous episodes, find out a little bit more about our guests and connect with them as well. And then one last reminder, if you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe for new episodes. We have another brand new episode coming next Wednesday, so be sure to listen out for that. And if you'd like to be a guest on a future episode of ESL Talk, we're always on the lookout for guests who want to share their passion or their enthusiasm about teaching English or teaching ESL, you can just go to the website esl-talk.com, click the button at the top be a guest fill in a few details and we'll be in touch with you to arrange a time to interview and to um, have you on the podcast so you can be featured in a future episode just like Corolla was today. So that is it for this week's episode. We'll see you next week for another brand new episode of ESL Talk. Thanks, bye.
0: Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe for even more ESL teaching content.